All right, let's um, kick off. Hey, welcome back to the video shop with Aaron and Tom. Yes. Did you miss Death Becomes Her? A very interesting one. This is probably the first, uh, the, the new way of us picking movies. We have folded pieces of paper into a little cup that is very artfully designed. And essentially we did a big list of movies, chuck them into a cup, pulling them at random. And what we did this time was we threw in a few that one of us hadn't seen and the other was recommending. So really putting things, putting movies through their paces. And of course we drew straight up Death Becomes Her, a 1992 film with Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, and Goldie Hawn, um, directed by Robert Zemeckis. First of all, just talk me through why you put this on the list. Because uh, I love this film. Mm -hmm. I love this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's hilarious. It's weird. Uh, it's a tight piece of filmmaking machinery. There's, there's not any other movie quite like this. I, that I agree with. You know, it's super weird that this movie exists. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I just think it's funny. It's a 90-minute banger. Yep. You know, I think this is a real good... Shit, it's Friday night. My brain's shot. What can I watch? Death Becomes Her. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I've now got it up on IMDb. So this uh, the logline is, when a woman learns of an immortality treatment, she sees it as a way to outdo her long-term rival. That's kind of the film. That's the, that, yeah. Yeah, that's the movie. When did you first watch this movie? Oh man, I got a story. I'll keep this yeah. real quick. <laughs> Look, this is I, this I is first watched it a night ago. Yeah. Yep. And you didn't know anything about the plot, right? I knew you didn't nothing. know anything. I actually, I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't like, mm. I didn't do anything. I just went straight into the movie. That's wild. Yeah. That's so great. But that's probably like, maybe you should, like, maybe this is one that would have been helpful <laughs> to have a little bit of an idea what we were going into watching. Yeah. If I had said to you, this is going to be like Tim Burton and John Waters yep. had a camp gothic well, you, baby. You did say the Tim Burton reference and mm. I think that's fair. Yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I could wax lyrical about how this was a period where Tim Burton was the, the hot thing. And so everyone was like, we need more Tim Burton-like movies. Mm -hmm. and I think this is part of that this whole thing. This is a thing. Tim Burton-like movie. It is, yeah. So you okay. were getting a lot of, you're getting a lot of those in 19. First time you watched it. First time I watched this, I saw this at the cinema when I was a wee little kid. It was the summertime in Mackay in Queensland. And my parents uh, uh, are involved in the church up there. And there was a large donation given to the church of cocoa pops that were made with too much sugar and they couldn't sell them. So they gave them to the church. They're like, I don't know, give them to homeless people or something. But they just sat in the church hall, which me and my brothers had access to. Now it's a Saturday. It's a rainy, muggy, sweaty Queensland afternoon. Me and my two brothers were all like, I think 11 and under double bill at the Mackay cinema. We thought we were the coolest kids there. Everyone from school was there. You go to these $4 matinees because apparently it was 1957 where I grew up. We were like, instead of getting popcorn and Coke, we'll be the cool kids and we'll each take a box of over-sugared Cocoa Pops. We'll fucking sneak into the church hall and we'll take them. Stuffed them in our backpacks. I remember distinctly, we all had our cool white Bart Simpson t-shirts on. Mm -hmm. So me and my matching brothers walking to school, walking to walk into the cinema with our cool Bart Simpson shirts on. We were the coolest motherfuckers there cinema everyone from school's there we sit up the front 
you take the cushions off the chairs and sit on the floor and watch the movies. There's a double bill of Death Becomes Her and Sneakers, this like Robert Redford spy film. Anyway, long story short, picture us walking there in the rain, so we're soaking wet when we get there. We're sitting there, we're just munching these Cocoa Pops the whole way through these two movies in the dark. We strut out into the foyer. We look like we fucking just taken a shit out of our mouths because the Cocoa Pops had gotten wet and our hands were wet. And we just spilled and smicked brown Cocoa Pops all down our faces and all down the front of our shirts. We still talk about that story to this day. So I think that's probably a big reason why this movie is very special yeah. to me. But I still think it's... I don't remember sneakers. That's, that's I interesting. I don't remember sneakers, but... Because I think I one, of, and one of the points that I do have late, later... But I, I think this is one for nostalgia. Mm. Like, having not seen it, I can tell that it's one of those, like... I don't want to say, like, Ghostbusters. Mm. But I tried to show... I just try, you try and show people Ghostbusters now, mm. and they're like, it's aged a bit. So I think you're right. Like it, it's, and, and we'll get to that. So I don't want to linger well, this on this too much. A, but this was a bit of an end of the session wild kind of yeah. thing. It's kind of bizarre. That, you know, this is the first one that came out. So that's when you first watched it. I first watched it a night ago. <laughs> As a grown man and, a child, quite a different experience. And it is, like, it was fine for me. Like, it was okay. I don't have massive issues with I it. I find that strange that fine is your only reaction. It was fine. To one of the... This, I find it weird that that's your reaction it to was this fine. movie. But like, no, we'll get to... That becomes her we'll, is fine. I, I have a lot of points for why watch it. Cool. I do. But I also have a few points for why not. Great. Let's get into it. So let's just let's just go into that. So like, well, you you're leading this. So you brought it up. Why we should have it as a did you miss? Mm -hmm. You're in the video store. How are you pitching it? At this, the moment? I think this is a missed gem of the '90s. It's a real cruisy, breezy watch. It's fast. It's got a great, funny script. Every one of these actors. Fucking Meryl Streep in comedy mode, Goldie Horn at her peak, Bruce huh. Willis. So we're getting into why watch it. That's, like, that's, that's, that's one me. of my that's one of my points. Yeah, why watch it? <laughs> that cast. Yes. At a period of time that, like, most people now would not have seen Meryl Streep doing something like this. Mm -hmm. It's and it's wonderful. She had a say. good comedy run in the early nineties. Yeah. yeah, I think those and I for, I forget how good Goldie Horn is. Oh my god. Like, she's really funny. I mean, she's kind of been kicking back the last 20 years, but... Yeah. Goldie Horn, one of the all-time greats. And Isabella Rossellini. Isabella Rossellini wearing nothing but a necklace. <laughs> Delivering Ash, portentous exposition. Is Ash had uh, issues with the costumes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, I think that that's completely a fair one. Like, it's like to say those three Streep, Horn, Willis in a movie... You'd watch that. Mm. That's interesting. And we all um, forget like how good Bruce Willis was. I mean, he got, yeah. you know, he got marginal. Well, he, mar he marginalized himself into like the action mm. shooty punch punch guy. Oh, but dude, when Bruce Willis tries, yeah. it's incredible. Well, that's, that's one of my later ones, but I have, this is a very different, but like, if you want to see a different Bruce Willis, mm. who's playing not like this is prior, but this is not John McClane, Bruce Willis. Mm. His screaming in this movie is <laughs> worth mentioning. It's, it is the highest pitch you will ever hear Bruce Willis's voice. And 
it's it's kind of like I've never seen him do this type of character no, before. No, and I don't think he will ever do it again. He's done all sorts of you know he's done sort of schlubby guys with yeah. comedic parts or. But there's nothing heroic. He plays a coward. He plays a, mm-hmm. a, an overweight alcoholic wimp. Yep. And it suits him perfectly. It's great. It's good. Yeah. Um, my my point, which I sort of flat, uh, touched on earlier, was like, and why I watched this movie. It's a the way I looked at it was a time capsule sort of back into the 80s, early 90s Hollywood comedies. Yeah. Like, and nostalgia being a big driver and of that. That's and that's just a. My, one of my favorite periods. So I, yeah. I got to admit, I just am a sucker. Yeah. For 89 to 93. Yeah. I fucking love that era. It's not the 80s anymore. It, it, it's not yet the 90s. It feels, yeah. It it's feels before 90s films became 90s films. It, it felt like there's some 80s hangover in this. Yeah. Because it feels like an 80s movie to mm-hmm. me. Um, Everything sort of pre-pulp fiction, Fargo, it's just, and, and post-80s. It's just yep. this little pocket that... I don't know. There was there was a period of change there. I love it. Yeah. What else would you have? Uh, it's a great stylish visual experience. Yeah. Like this is a this is a put together movie. Like I like I said earlier, this is. I mean, again, Tim Burton, big mainstream director, but mm-hmm. like I don't. I think everyone kind of most people have a bit of a Tim Burton fandom about them. You like one of his movies. Mm-hmm. You know what that means. So it's like Tim Burton. This is. This is this is Tim Burton adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what I realized by your reaction is, you know, it's almost camp. Like it's it's oh, almost a John Waters film. This is this is like I think it's, but I think it's quite openly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's And that tone, I will admit, doesn't suit everybody. Not everybody yeah. likes that. But uh, look, I think what what your point was though, in terms of well put together, you look at the names Across the creative team, mm. Zemeckis, David Coep wrote the script. Yeah, Dean Cundy, Dean, Dean Cundy shot it. Like he shot Jurassic Park. He was like the blockbuster guy yep. at the time. And Coep wrote Jurassic Park. Yeah, um, Alan Silvestri's well, like, score. Most most everybody that worked on this in terms of yeah. production, they all then went to Jurassic Park. Yeah. And so this was a bit of a learning curve. Yeah, and that's for, to be honest, for, one for of the things is like, look, some of the effects like obviously age but there is some stuff in there that holds up really nicely a lot of the matte painting work a lot of the bigger like set pieces work really nicely mm-hmm. um and I, and it's not a spoiler but the horn the the hole through goldie horn's chest mm-hmm. is executed so well yeah not a spoiler it's on the poster but yeah it's yeah. amazing and, and it's and and i like i look at that and then i always think Shaun of the dead and mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead does it and did it well, mm. but I kind of think this did it a little cleaner. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see those two side by side. But yeah, in terms of just filmmaking, and, and that's what I, I remember turning to Ash at the end of it and just going, look, that's, you can tell Zemeckis is just a jet. Like really controlled filmmaking. I mean, we're talking, we're pitching to maybe the... the- yeah. The filmmakers in our, in our video shop, like yeah, yeah, if you if you appreciate the craft of film, yeah, that's true. This movie is is like that is that pure craft, like yeah. it's, it's a marvel. Of, it's like watching a, a perfect mousetrap yeah. or a Rube Goldberg machine. You know, it's it's. Um, and then the only other thing is like if you like that older style, sort of, uh, it, it's basically the classic careful what you wish for Hollywood mm. comedy, yeah, with a dark and morbid twist. 
And it, that's it. It's also got a lot of the... Um, and it wouldn't get made today. There's no way that is getting made today no. in, its, in its form. Like no, zero chance. That's another thing I like to... Sure. And I kind of like that. I like to recommend movies. I'm like, you, yeah. You won't, like, you won't you, see this. You won't, this film won't get made currently. weird that it got made then. Yeah. It's an anomaly. It's Zemeckis at the top of his powers being like, I want to figure out how to make Meryl Streep's head go backwards. Yep. And the studio had to say yes. He's like, I'm Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. This is right after Back to the Future yeah. 3 and before Forrest Gump. Yeah. So he's just done all back, like that entire Back to the Future mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Was there anything in between this and Forrest Gump or was it just before? It's just before Forrest Gump. So he goes straight into Forrest Gump after this. Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, it's constr- it's constructed in a way that a lot of movies aren't these days. Like this isn't shot for coverage. This is shot. It, it feels it's it's planned. Every shot is is moving me. Like I said, like, it's like that game Mousetrap and I feel like the little ball. Now I'm going down the thing and now I'm going up the thing yeah. and now I'm swinging across the thing. It all feels really purposeful and there's a glee to that. And you just res- respect the craft of this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and the script as well is, is great. Every line of dialogue crackles, I think. There's a couple it's, of good, it's, it's there's a couple of very and, good lines, and, and, yeah. And bitchy and hilarious. Like the scene, the and scene. it's dark in a way that like, Hollywood films aren't. It's yeah, dark and It is weird. dark and morbid. Yeah, um, the don't the do scene in particular that I, I love, mm. and I don't think it's spoiling anything, but it's the scene where he takes Meryl Streep to the doctor and the doctor yeah. realises she's dead. Sydney Pollock, that man. Is that is the, like, that scene mm. was perfect for me. Like, I love that. And it's that, one that, shot, no, not Tom. even scene, that sequence. It's one shot. That sequence is that? glorious. I yeah. didn't notice it's that. I was, but I was sucked in. I was like, yeah. I am, but performance was amazing. Yeah. Like, it was, it when was he, great. When he's, when the doctor has his stethoscope and he's listening yeah. to it and he just silently goes across, yeah. puts the stethoscope in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, that was the other thing I was thinking. It was like, great just prop comedy. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of just... It's, it's like watching a vaudeville act. Yeah. You know, where you're watching people at the height of their talents. It, that was really cool. Yeah, wow, that that, no that sequence was fantastic. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, look, I'm not sure I'd recommend it. Sure. But I think there is some good, like, obviously there's some really cool shit. Well, it's prompted some interesting discussion here. And I think that's what movies can do too. Not Mm -hmm. every movie is just like, you're going to get to the end and be like, that was great. You might have problems with some things or you'll you'll get into arguments with it. That's the fun. Now, why not? Why not? Why not? Because you're a tasteless (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) weirdo. It's all right, I've got a couple myself. My first one is, it's aged, and if you can't take old movies, don't watch this. Yes, yeah, I've got no like, sympathy for people that can't watch old movies. Yeah. So, but that is, that is an issue sure. now. Sure. Like, there would be people that are like, ugh. Oh, for no. sure. Yeah, there's people that won't watch shit prior to 2005. Yep. Oh, man, it doesn't look real. <laughs> well, I can't do anything for you, pal. Cool. Why not from you? Uh, I, I think that, that, that tone of, of camp... Um, that John Watersy, uh, you know, Joan, it's, Joan it's, Crawford, Betty Davis, he is very isn't, isn't going to appeal to some. It's people. very over the top. Yeah, in terms of big, performance level, like it's just huge. Yeah, it's it's they're almost, you know, winking to the camera a lot yeah. of the time. It, it, you know, it's not there's no naturalism in this whatsoever. Yeah, it's completely set in another world, like a Tim Burton film. It's just it's in its it's on its, on its own planet. Yeah, and not everybody vibes with that. You know, you people want to sort of feel immersed in a story whereas this movie you're constantly aware you're watching a film because it's yeah. constantly going like ta-da oh look at that yeah 
She's got a hole in her chest. You know? Yeah. There's uh, a bit of that. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have one. Everyone's kind of shitty. <laughs> That's what I mean by the, but, the campy kind of tone. But know? not shit. Like, there's, there's not a likable character. Mm. But they're not that dislikable that they're interest. They're super interesting to watch. You mm-hmm. know, like, like everyone's kind of shitty, but not shitty enough. Uh, they're not. They're not always sunny in Philadelphia. Shitty. Yeah, sure. Where they're basically just. They're not. Um, pure, <laughs> yeah, evil. They're not funny. Jack Nicholson in as good as it gets. Shitty. Mm. They're kind of just. Well, they're narcissists. They're just annoying. Yeah. And bad people. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, eventually, yeah, maybe there is a turn, mm. but it kind of doesn't, like, that's not what the movie explores. I wish they were more shitty. So, uh, so yeah. I wish it dug deeper into that, the, I, I guess, the, th- the line that sort of always Sonny really treads mm. with, you know, those really deep... Um, uh, selfish mm. reasons for doing things, and it sort of flirts with it, but it never kind of commits to it. That's a really, that's a really good point, Tom. So that yeah, I was. Mean, I, I, I'd love to see a, an earlier draft of the script. You know, if they pulled that back, maybe some of that got yeah. watered down because you bring someone like Zemeckis on, who, you know, apart from his first movie, pretty family friendly filmmaker. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, you got Spielberg producing. They probably toned down a lot of that. Interested. I'm surprised Goldie Hawn's fat suit hasn't come up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was a bit of a sour note on my last watch a few weeks ago. I remember everyone cackling in the cinema, but it's 2020. You can't really be doing fat suits anymore. That that would have been prior to the Eddie Murphy run of fat suits. Yes. Like, long prior to that. I feel like... Did fat suit technology just explode in the 90s? If you just get really it good did, at that? But it, it was, sort of... It was, like, it was, it was never that good, though. I, I did all I could good. think. It's, oh, never good, I, it's never good for, like, ethical reasons. No. It's never good as, a, as an effect. The one I was thinking about was Just Friends, the Ryan Reynolds movie. Oh, fuck. <laughs> or Monica in, in Friends, remember that yes. one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. actually, that's the one. Especially when it's like, look how she has fallen. Goldie Hawn's character, you know, in the early part of the film is... And she's going through a bad patch and they show that by cash. She, she fat. Yeah. Like, man, there's just a, but there's like, so many other things you but could that, But that being but said, that, that went so heightened as well. It like, was, that was yeah. so ridiculous. But it kind of showed how bad she was as well. Mm. Like, how obsessed she was yeah. with bringing this other person down. And the whole thing is about physical vanity. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's so, I don't know, man. That's just probably you'd probably just chuck the script yeah, out these days. Yeah, we can't really do all that. that see. Like <laughs> that comes in the first ten pages. Yeah. Like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, I, I there's enough Y twos in my list that I'm like, it was worth giving it a dabble. Yeah, like and it's definitely seeing, a watch this yeah, in context yeah. kind of mode. But uh, yeah, I'll probably so that sort of get yelled at for recommending this to 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 some customers here at WS. Yeah. That's but, the but that but, being said, to some you'll probably be like you'll like. This. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. The you know the 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 art school kids that come in and they're looking for that sort of you know who, who like your Tim Burton's and your Jim Henson films and, well, and, and your old bullshit. I'd be like, dude, there's this hidden gem. The it's way I go Hollywood, back to it, yeah, it's that it's that time capsule. It's like before yeah. the eighties really went into the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like it was like it it almost kicked that off, yeah. which I think is really interesting. 
Um, That's the thing. He then made Forrest Gump the next year. Yeah. Which is, when we think of 90s films, that, that 1994 Oscar year, we get, that feels like the start of the 90s. Yeah. Shawshank, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, blah, blah. And this is kind of like the last one. The last one pre-90s. No, it's, it, it, was, it was a cool watch, I have to say. Yeah. Um, how best to watch it? You've already sort of dabbled on this. <laughs> yeah, you, gotta, you should watch it in 1992 with your dickhead brothers <laughs> and a bunch of soaking wet Cocoa Pops. Um, look, most of mine are like watching with friends when I'm like recommending the, like yeah. a, a, a movie. But you sort of said Quiet Friday. These days. Yeah. Yeah. You said you could sit down. Because it's just a 90-minute banger. I reckon it's just, it's, yeah. It's an easy, cruisy watch. It's nothing heavy about it. It does all the work for you. Yeah. There's not even like there's, you're not going to get emotionally involved in this movie. You know, if you've had a tough week and you're like, I'm shot. It's a wind down movie. It's a wind down movie. Yeah. It's a Friday wind down movie. I think that's good. You get to the end of this and you're not carrying this movie with you when it's over. It's over. Yeah. (laughs) Food analogy. (laughs) And Aaron's sweeping statement. Oh, man. Do I, yes, I thought you were locked and loaded for this one. I thought you had something that, something about vanity, something about growing old, <laughs> an obsession with staying young. Well, normally it's like that. I, my weird takes that tend to come with the, the like, if you like this, you'll like X kind okay. of thing. Okay. Yeah. You know? Mold that into one. Right. Yeah. Food analogy. It's like a, it's like a bag of colored popcorn. Oh, okay. Bag of colored popcorn. Not, not a box and diet, of and diet, and diet soda because you don't want all that sugar. Colored popcorn is actually really low in calories. That's a fun, colorful snack. It's not a box of Cocoa Pops. It's not a box of Cocoa Pops. And diet, diet soda. Or, or a glass of rosé. Or an enormous tumbler of whiskey like yeah. Bruce Willis in this film. Yeah. Like what's the, what's the gateway drug into this movie? If you like Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't have that, you know, earnest, heartfelt, you know, thing that those Burtons do, but it's a strange, exaggerated version of our reality. Yeah. It's gothic and weird and has a huge, bombastic score. Just th- if you like Burton. Yeah. This is, this, is, this is a little side piece for you. Cool. Mm. I think that's fair. Where does it sit on the shelf? Oh, it's just in comedy. Yeah. Dark, dark, comedy. dark comedy. Dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Final thoughts. Uh, watch it with friends and then argue about it like we just did. <laughs> All, right. All right. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the film. Ding a ling a ling.